Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Now open your Bible with me to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be focusing on the glorious birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And this series is going to be entitled Fulfillment. Everyone say Fulfillment. The birth of Christ was about the fulfillment of the amazing plan of God to save all who would put their faith in him and to change our lives. Jesus came and was born in a manger because he wanted to offer his love to the world And he wanted to change our lives. I believe that God wants us to see him as the God of fulfillment. So we're going to take the next three weeks to focus on this and to look at it. And, um, you know, every year, there are two things that we celebrate every year as Christians. We celebrate Easter, when Jesus rose from the dead. And uh, we also celebrate Christmas. Now, it is right for us to celebrate the coming of the Lord because if Jesus had not come, how many know we would not be saved? There's only one way to be saved. So he entered into the earth as a baby. He grew into a man. He identified with us. He lived this perfect sinless life. And then he went to the cross and he gave his life for us. So even though we break the law, even though we sin against God, he went to the cross and took our punishment so that we could be set free. And so this was the beginning of amazing fulfillment. And even though we celebrate his coming, we are also supposed to remember not just what he did, but it's this, every time uh, the Christmas season comes around, it should serve us as a reminder that fulfillment requires the strategic guidance and power and intervention of God. In other words, the Lord has to step in. The Lord has to intervene. Jesus entered into the world Because we needed him to enter in. And fulfillment, the fulfillment of the amazing plan of God requires for him to step into our lives. And this is actually called the providence of God. And what I want to do is read and then I want us to take note of how God's strategic power And guidance works in our lives to bring about fulfillment. So let's go ahead. Uh, We're going to read ten verses. Luke chapter 2 beginning with verse 1. But in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea 
to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now, let me pause here. For anyone, I know that we have some first-time visitors. Mary had been made pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Mary uh, conceived in a supernatural way. She was made pregnant by the Spirit of the living God, and she was now carrying the Son of God. We'll talk about this in, the, uh, in, in uh, um, some of the other messages. We might kind of jump over to, to uh, a few of the other Gospels to talk about this a little bit. But essentially, Mary was expecting a child because she had been overshadowed by the power of God and she was now pregnant. And Joseph was given the responsibility of caring for her and the child. Even though he wasn't uh, technically married to her yet and even though uh, this child was not his biological son this was all part of the plan of God. It says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no uh, guest room available for them. The king of glory couldn't get a room. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Amen. How many are thankful for the Messiah, the Lord, the Son of the living God? Amen. The title of the message today is Fulfillment Takes Place Through His Reach. Fulfillment takes place through his reach. What we're going to look at is God reaching out to the world and then God reaching out towards individuals to bring about his fulfillment. We need to see God as the God of fulfillment. As we celebrate Jesus coming to the earth, we are also called to remember that he is the God who brings fulfillment to our lives. The plan of God is fulfilled by the power of God intervening in our lives. And so I just want to pray today. I want to pray today and ask him to help us to discern, to perceive, to connect, and even to cooperate with his reach. The way he fulfills is by reaching out to our lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you are the God of fulfillment. Lord, you are intimately acquainted with everything about us. And even before the foundations of the earth, 
Oh God, you knew us and you called us by name. And God, I pray today, Lord, that as we um, stand as spectators of what you did in the life of Joseph and Mary and even Caesar Augustus, God, I pray that you would enable us to see you as the God who not only worked 2,000 years ago but is still working today. Who not only reaches into the life of a Mary and a Joseph but also reaches into our lives too. Bless this word, Lord. Give us wisdom and insight and faith in you. In the mighty name of Jesus and everyone said, amen and amen. So God reaches towards us and his reach is a simple way of describing the providence of God. Providence is kind of a theological word. I met a number you know, very early on in the ministry, look at me for a second, very early on in the ministry, I met with actually a man who took over the church for the great um, A.W. Tozer. I had the privilege of, of uh, having lunch with him often. And uh, he used to remind me, he used to remind me of a Puritan saying which was, read your providences, read your providences, read your providences. And what that means is, Look and read the reach of God into your life. So here's what providence means. Put that back up. Providence is the care and superintendence which God exercises over his creatures. Okay. Simply stated, providence is the reach. Everyone say reach. Providence is the reach of God to shape and steer us into the fulfillment of his plan for our lives. Providence means that there is a reach from heaven uh, uh, for the purpose of shaping and steering us so that we can line up with God's will and his plan could be fulfilled in our lives. How many would believe and agree that God has a plan for your life? Let me see your hand. Raise your hand. God has a plan for our lives. Amen. And so providence is that process of God getting us to line up with his plan. And he intervened, he intervened by reaching down. He emptied himself of all of his glory and he came down to be with us. So that the fulfillment of, of salvation and transformation could take place. So very quickly, let's look at how God reaches into our lives. And we'll, we'll start by looking at how he reached into their lives. First of all. God's reach takes place through acts of power which are seldom noticeable. God's reach takes place through acts of power which are seldom noticeable. This is very, very important. It says, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree, a decree, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. All right, now everyone look at me. God put it on the heart of Caesar Augustus. Okay, he put it on his heart to call for a census. And he put it on his heart to call for a census so that everyone had to go back to their, quote, town of origin. Now God 
chose Joseph because Joseph was in the line of David and he had already prophesied that the Messiah would come through the line of David and in the book of Micah said, be born in, in the town of Bethlehem from which where he was from. You see? And so God, he performs a great act of power that everyone takes for granted and no one even notices. You see? And many, many times we don't recognize that God does powerful things. There was an incredible decree. That decree was making sure that the fulfillment of the prophecy of where the, the Christ child, the Savior, the Messiah would be born. He said he's going to be born in Bethlehem and that's where God made sure he was born. And so here's what it basically means. Okay, I've got this in my notes. I want to say this right. God used a political decree to bring about a biblical, the fulfillment of a biblical prophecy and a personal destiny. Let me say that one more time. God used a political decree to bring about the fulfillment of a biblical prophecy and a personal destiny. Do you know that that was the time that was called Pax Romana? The Roman Empire had taken, had taken a firm position of like massive uh, amounts of territory in the Mediterranean world. There weren't a lot of wars going on except where they were taking new ground. They built all of these roads. And Jesus was born into that time. So when the gospel was spread, the roads were already paved. And it was paid for by the government. And you know why? Because God is in charge of every government. How many? He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now let me give you a piece of advice. Since I've been alive and can actually was aware of political things, I don't think I've ever seen a time in our country where there's more polarization and there's more political upheaval in our world. And everyone is entitled to their political position and by all means believe what you believe about politics. But as a Christian, but as a Christian, may I encourage you to let your heart be at rest. You see? Because even when kings and politicians make decisions that don't agree, our God will make sure that all things will work together for our good. Hallelujah. He reaches and there are acts of power taking place in people's lives and they don't even realize it. There are things going on in your life and in my life and we don't even know that incredible providence, the reach of God is causing that to happen. When you look into history, right, I, I, was, I, I was listening to the, to the life of George Washington on one of those audio books and... Um, you know, the Revolutionary War almost ended pretty early. There was a battle on Long Island when, when uh, Washington was about to be captured and all of his men. And he was, the, he was the top guy of the entire army. And it could have been the end of it all. And, and you know what? They needed to retreat, but they were essentially surrounded. And so Washington prayed. This is a pretty famous story. He prayed. And after he prayed, an incredible fog came down. And the fog came down on Long Island, and uh, the testimonies go that you couldn't see more than six yards in front of you. 
And so right at the moment when the, they were about to be taken, okay, the fog came down and all night they began to retreat and retreat and retreat. And when the fog lifted and the, and, and the enemies of his army crossed over, there was no one there. If it had not been for that fog, this world would look very different. You know what that is? That's the reach of heaven, making sure that God's will is done. See, that's what happened at the, at the, uh, at the Dead Sea. Pharaoh was coming and God parted the Red Sea. God is always reaching. You know, sometimes God is moving and he's reaching in our lives and it's a powerful thing, but we can't tell. The other day I was on the radio, I was uh, in the car and I was listening to the radio. Now, um, usually, I've, one of our members, Allie uh, Domerson, she's, on, she's like on the morning. Allie, is Allie, Allie's here? Hey, Allie, stand up. Come on, let's cheer. We got a new celebrity here. Amen. So anyway, Allie is on the morning show of Moody Radio. And I have heard about it, but I hadn't heard her because usually in the morning I'm, I'm, I'm studying in the morning and I don't get to listen. And, and so anyway, but I was in the car early and um, I, I put on Moody and Allie came on and she was awesome. <laughs> I was like, oh, snap, she's awesome. You know what I mean? I, and she was so Power, it was so gifted and so amazing. And, uh, and, and obviously this happened like a couple days ago. And so I'm thinking about this. And I think about, let's just take Allie for a second. Okay. So Allie uh, is married to Henry 12 years, correct? 11 years. And um, so they've been married 11 years. Um, and Henry has been a professional basketball player for most of their lives. They were traveling all over Europe and, uh, and doing all sorts of things. But there comes a point in time that in the providence of God, God moves them to Chicago. Okay. How long have you been in Chicago now? Ten years. On and off. But they were overseas and back. So they're in Chicago. And you know what? As they arrive at Chicago... Ten years ago, they arrived at Chicago, but God already knew. You see, the Lord already knew. The Lord knew that at a certain point in time, he was going to be ministering to their marriage, to their children, and to her heart so that she could be a voice that reaches I don't know how many people. Every morning, you see, but two years ago, she had no clue. But how many know God was reaching and he was getting everything ready? You see? Pastor Jake is here. I've talked many times about how Pastor Jake was on his way to Emerson College, a prestigious university in the Boston area. And he gets this heart murmur thingy. And he has to come home and he's got to get this procedure and they got to work on his heart. And he starts to go through it. And in that time, somebody invites him to church. And he comes to church. And, uh, um, and let me tell you, Jake, Pastor Jake was a first class rascal. We'll just leave it at that. But he comes to church 
and God gets a hold of his heart, and guess what? He never made it to Emerson because God had planned before the foundations of the earth to call him into full-time ministry. Everyone here has that story. No matter where you find yourself, let me tell you, if you're in this building today, you're in this building because of the reach of God. You're in this building right now because God is reaching and guiding and steering and he's doing powerful things even though we don't know it. Just because you can't discern the power of God, that doesn't mean he's not doing something powerful in your life right now. And so part of, part of what should happen in the Christmas season is our spirits, our spiritual eyes need to open afresh and anew and say, Lord, what you did for Joseph and Mary, God, I know that you're doing it for me. See? Can you discern? Can you discern the, the hand of God at work in your life? Because our God is a God who reaches. The next thing that this passage teaches us about the reach of God is that God reaches through a process which is seldom comfortable. Everyone say not comfortable. Okay, we got that out of the way. You see? He reaches through a process which is seldom comfortable. So Joseph also went up from a town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Now here's what this meant. What this meant is that Joseph had to take Mary on an 80 to 90 mile journey. It was equivalent from Miami to Cuba, but by donkey when she was eight months pregnant. Okay? How do we know that bumpy ride must have not been too, made Mary too happy? But here's what was really happening. So Joseph was a hardworking guy. He falls in love. He's longing for a simple but a blessed life like most of us. And God's plan was going to be fulfilled by God telling him to do a number of very uncomfortable things. He asked him to do something that was socially unacceptable at that time. She was already with child before he married her. He asked, her, he asked him to do something that was personally difficult. You see, the Lord came and spoke to him and told him, I want you to do something that is difficult. Okay, this was, talk about a stretch of your faith. Is God asking you to do something difficult? Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> but listen, it was also eternally meaningful. You see, I, I could just imagine, I was thinking about this. I could just imagine Mary being pregnant. And she knows that she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And she's on this donkey, and um, um, I remember, I, I remember when uh, Tommy was like ten pounds, two ounces when he was born. And I remember one day we were in the minivan driving, and uh, and Tommy was like 
doing some exercise or working out in there. I don't know what he was doing. And Chrissy turned to me and said, I just want him out. <laughs> you know, it's one of those deals. I was like, oh, snap, get us there quick, Lord. You know what I mean? And, uh, um, and then I'm, I'm thinking about no minivan, no nice American roads, just bumpity, 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 bump. Talk about back pain. You know how they walk like that, right, you know. And yet, yet, I bet you she was rejoicing. Because she was pregnant with the will of God in the midst of that difficulty, in the midst of that discomfort. She was pregnant with the will of God. Hallelujah. The Lord had reached into her life and she was pregnant with the will of God. And what that means, brothers and sisters, is just because your life is uncomfortable right now, we can still rejoice because if we look to him, he will make us pregnant with his will. He's still reaching and steering and guiding. You see? Man, life changes, your perspective changes when you realize, man, this is hard. But I know God is taking me someplace to get his plan accomplished. And I surrender to it. You know. Actually, I was thinking about, you know, Chrissy in her book, there's a there's a section to me. One of the most important sections of her story is after she came home. She had lived in rebellion against God for years, but finally she had a meeting with God as she came home. Okay, but here, this is very important. So she comes home and um, uh, she had actually, she and I, I was thinking about going to Bible school. And uh, she went with me. We were just friends uh, and a buddy of mine. We went to the Bible school. I checked it out. She went back. Her parents told her, please listen to this, very important. Her parents told her, you need to join the choir, which she didn't want to do. Her parents told her, you cannot work in Manhattan. You need to work right by the house. And she took a temp job, which she didn't want to do. But she was saying, I'm submitting to. I'm submitting through the process. And so right there, while she was there, there's a scene in the book where Music comes on and she got this incredible temptation to run again. As she had done her whole life. Please listen to this. This is for somebody. She got a temptation to run because she was uncomfortable, because it was difficult, because it was hard. But she submitted and she said, no, I'm going to submit to this process even though I'm really, really uncomfortable. Shortly after that, the Lord spoke to her. You're supposed to go to that school. The president of the school providentially had married, did the wedding for her mom and dad and dedicated her when she was a baby and prophesied over her. Okay? So when Pastor Simla calls and says, hey, Creasy feels to come, the, the president's uh, wife was over the music ministry and he goes, hey, Chrissy wants to come. We'll make a way for her to be a student. She goes, no. She's supposed to take over the music ministry here. And all of a sudden, Chrissy moves over there and is in the ministry and doing all the will of God. You know why? Because in an uncomfortable moment, she said, Lord, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to fight. 
I'm just going to trust that you're reaching on my behalf. Listen to me. I was thinking about this. Most of pastoring, most of what we do in the context of today's message, most of what we do is basically, it's basically help people to tune in and connect and cooperate with the reach of God. It's most of what we do as, as, as ministers, okay? God has a plan and we got to get people and we're there. We're, uh, you know, we're shepherds. We're watching the sheep and we're like, come on, come on. No, 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 don't go that way. Come on. This way. You see, if you're here today, okay, I want to encourage you, slow down and listen to the reach. Stop fighting with the reach. Some people fight their whole life. God is reaching their fighting. So it's kind of, I was, it's kind of like this. Imagine two people trying to steer the car. Yeah, and this happens with us and God. It's like we put our hands on the wheel and we say, left turn. God says, no, right turn. We say, no, left turn. And here's what your life looks like. Wow, wow, wow. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be sick. How many know when God says, right turn? We should say, right it is. That's what we need to say. We need to say, right turn it is. He reaches. Christian was up here. I was looking at Christian. He's up here leading in worship. Christian has given his testimony. His father went to prison for a pretty a heinous crime when he was a little boy. Christian has experienced some pretty tough days in his life. Gone through some pretty challenging things. And you know what? Christian has every right to be one of the most bitter angry, resentful people. But instead, he says, look, even though things go wrong, God is able to make all things right by his mighty power. Hallelujah. And God had a wife for him. And God had a family for him. And God had a ministry for him. We need to yield to the reach of God. Even when we're uncomfortable. When God is reaching... You know he's reaching, and, and, and he won't talk about 50 things. He's going to give you one or two things, and he's going to say, go here or go there. Stop doing this and start doing that. Whatever it is, you know the reach of God. You know the voice of God. And what, what, what Christmas reminds us of is that God reaches to steer and to guide. Who's steering the car of your life? How many would agree we need to say, Jesus, you take the wheel? So he reaches and he performs acts of power that we don't even know about. He reaches and he takes us through a process that is often very, very difficult. And then lastly, he reaches, listen to this, okay, he reaches for a purpose which is seldom understandable. They didn't fully understand the magnitude of what God was doing through their lives. God reaches for a purpose which is seldom understandable. It takes time for the plan of God to unfold in your life and mine. 
And we walk by faith, not by sight. And when you start walking by faith, it doesn't always make sense. It says, but the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Who could fully understand being pregnant with the Messiah, the Savior of the world? Who could fully understand taking on this woman and him not understanding what had happened and yet God spoke to him, an angel spoke to him and he said, yes, Lord. Can I tell you, I want to kind of, the singers could uh, come. When you look at Joseph and Mary's life, here's the way it goes. Okay, I want to close very quickly. Now listen to this. When you look at Joseph and Mary's life, even Caesar Augustus, you're like, yeah, look at what God did. Right? You watch a movie. You look at a movie. You see the, you see the behind the scenes. You see all these things happening. You go, oh, I see how this is going to end. Right? You ever, I was talking to someone the other day. You ever coach someone while you're watching a movie? You're like, no, don't do that. And you're like, you're like, all right, calm down. All right, it's just a movie. All right? So, so because you can see. So you see it in their lives and you go, yes. But when you don't see it in your life, that's when you go, oh, no. But God is saying, stop saying, oh, no. Just say yes. Just say yes. Trust me. Every day follow me. Do what I'm telling you. And know. Know that I will release my providential power. And I will steer and guide you into my perfect plan for your life. How many know God is never late? Banish the thought that says it's too late. It's never too late for God. God can use surgery. God can use hardship. God can use difficulty. God could use uh, 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 all sorts, loss of career. He can use loss of money, loss of house. God can use all. He causes all things to work together for our good because he's always reaching. He's always reaching. And can I, I just want to say this last thing. When God reaches... When the Lord reaches, we need to reach back. When you give up on the reach of God, you've given up on God. If you're here today, I don't care if you're in church. I don't even care if you're reading your Bible. I'm telling you right now. If your heart is not altered towards the reach of God, then in a lot of ways you've given up on God. You might be going through the motions, but how many know our God reaches and those who believe say, God, reach out to me, God, I'm ready to receive. How many are ready to receive the reach of heaven today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? Here, I want to sing an oldie. Can I sing an oldie today? Okay, I was thinking about this earlier today. And when we play this old song, my kids say, man, you just go way too old school, Dad. <laughs> but we sing, I'll say yes, Lord. 
I'll say yes to your will, Lord. I'll say yes where you lead me. I will go. I'll say. again everyone I'll say yes Lord I'll say yes to your will Lord I'll say yes where you Sing that again. I just want to take some time and see God because God is reaching right now. And maybe you're here today and you can't fully recognize what God is doing, but it is powerful enough to get you here so that you can hear. It is powerful enough to cause your heart to begin to look up to him. Maybe you're here today and you're in, in a season of incredible discomfort. How many know God doesn't waste our suffering and our hardship? There was a reason why Mary had to take that rough journey. It's because God was about to fulfill prophecy. And all of the discomfort God uses to fulfill his plan for our lives, but we need to say yes. Maybe you're here today and you don't fully understand. Faith says, I don't have to understand, God. I trust in your reach and I trust in your plan. And if that's you here today and you just want to build an altar before God, slip out of your seat and come. We're going to pray together as a church family. Come on, we're going to begin to sing, and as we sing, just slip out of your seat. We're going to pray all over the building, but anyone that needs to build an altar today, let's say yes to the Lord today. Hallelujah. Let's say yes to the reach of God. I'll say yes. Hallelujah. I'll say
Everyone take the hand of someone next to you. Come on. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Every tribe, every tongue, washed in the blood of Jesus, uniting like one family, like one man contending for the faith. We're going to pray for one thing today. We're going to pray for fulfillment. Pray to the left and to the right, the front and the back. Hallelujah. We believe you today for fulfillment for your people, oh God. We claim fulfillment, oh God. We pray for fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Fulfillment. Heaven reaches for fulfillment in your name, oh God, by your mighty power. We pray for fulfillment all over the building, oh God. Father, we thank you today. We trust, Lord, that you are the God who will bring about fulfillment. Father, we don't look to the left. We don't look to the right. We don't look back. And God, we don't even look to the future, but we look to you today, oh God. We look to the God in whom we trust. We look into the God who is the God of fulfillment, oh Lord. You are the Lord of providence. We trust you today. Father, we pray that every heart and every soul here today would be strengthened in the presence of the Lord, that we would be strengthened in your promises. We declare that your promises are yes, and they are amen. We know you are the same God yesterday as you are today. You are unshakable, Father. And so, God, we pray for incredible fulfillment for our brothers and sisters, Lord, even for our own souls. We know that the work that you began, you will bring it to completion in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you see every detail, every step. We declare that our steps are being ordered by the Lord. So we thank you today. We thank you for the deep surrender, maybe some that have been trying to bring about fulfillment for themselves. We say we will not do it ourselves, but we trust that you are the Lord who will bring fulfillment. We love you. We thank you. We bless you today. Thank you for hope in our hearts, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand of praise. Hallelujah. We praise the one who reaches and who brings fulfillment. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Your promises are yes and amen. And we thank you. Send your people out rejoicing. May this be a day and a week, oh God, of receiving the reach and of stepping into fulfillment. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another before you go. We hope to see you on Tuesday. God bless you, everyone.